0: truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Sometimes God will bring up the pain, dysfunction, emotional trauma, and lies from your past, not to rub it in your face, not to show you how bad you are, not to remind you of how many times you blew it, but to heal you, to restore you, and ultimately to place you into your purpose that He created you for. name uh, for some of you who may not know me my name is Michael I'm one of the pastors on staff here I am blessed to be able to do ministry uh, here along with my beautiful lovely wife Chloe who's sitting in the back go ahead and raise your hand the Lord blessed her with me I mean the Lord blessed me with her a while a while back and I've been so grateful for that and she put, puts up with me, and, and so those of you who thank her, she, she keeps me straight and on the, on the straight and narrow path, so everybody thank Chloe. The world is such a better place because I'm married to her, amen? Well, I'm coming off of a vacation, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm, refuel- I'm feeling energized. So how do you know sometimes you just need to get away? Okay, so I got away for seven days, and I didn't talk about church for seven entire days. Amen. I feel great, but tonight I'm ready to talk. Well, for those of you who have ever worked at a church, you understand it could be a lot. So I broke away. I disconnected, and I needed that rest, but God downloaded something for me, and I really am excited to share it. I'm a little frustrated, though, because Pastor Joe Dobbins preached my message on Sunday, but it's okay. It's okay. I love Pastor Joe, and uh, and he could have it. He preached it much better than I would have, anyways. But um, so I was a little, I was a little struggling because I knew I had to preach. So I was like, Lord, what, what am I going to do? I can't preach the exact same message. Pastor Joe preached on Sunday, so uh, Lord, I need you to speak to me. And he downloaded something to me. Uh, a couple days ago, so I'm going to be pretty close to my notes, so please forgive me, but I really believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me that somebody is going to be set free today in Jesus' name, and even if it's only one, I believe, I believe with all I, I know that the Holy Spirit spoke to me that someone is walking out of this door changed forever. I believe that, so uh, Lord, I, pr- I just pray that you your hearts are expecting for the word tonight, But like I said, we were on vacation and we're staying with a a hotel resort. And I'm not gonna tell you the name because I'm not gonna give them bad publicity, but it started out very rough. And I was on the phone for a while talking to some people about our reservations and it seemed like I was getting bounced from voice to voice to voice. Has anybody ever had that happen to them? And customer service people, I mean, the Lord has graced me with a lot, but patience for them is not, that, is not my strong suit, okay? So I last about 30 seconds, and I'm like, hey, just, just fix it for me, please, okay? But I was going voice to voice, to person, to number, to state, and they just were bouncing me around, and nobody could fix this problem for me. And I, but, but in that, the Lord fixed a problem for me. He gave me a message for tonight, Amen. And, <laughs> And, and in that, I learned something. I learned that voices carry destinies. Did you know that? Because the voices I was speaking to carried a destiny, and it wasn't looking too good for me. I'm, I was paying full price, and I didn't know where I was going to stay, and I didn't know what my future looked like. Every time I talked to somebody new, it got a little bit more bleak. But I learned something in that, that voices carry destiny. And that's the same as it is in our life. Voices in our life carry a destiny. So I I gave the title to the message tonight, The Voice of Your Destiny. And everybody has a voice in our own lives. Every one of us have voices in our lives that determine our perspective. They determine the decisions that we make. As Christians, we know that, and I wanna talk to you about this, that as, as Christians, there's two voices in your life that determine a whole lot. And these voices need to be silenced if you are ever to hear the voice of heaven. The thing that you need to understand as Christians, and this is what the message is all about tonight, is that you have a destiny ahead of you that's greater than just being forgiven of your sins. There's so much more. That's just the the coming and being forgiven of your sins is just the tiny little piece that you start off with. But there is such a great destiny. There is such a great purpose that God has for each one of you in here. However, if you're not listening to the right voice, you'll never ultimately see that purpose come to action. So there's two voices that you need to, be sil- that you need to silence in your life in order for the voice of your destiny to be loud enough to hear. You guys ready to learn about them? Yeah. Okay, amen. The first voice is your old identity. Sometimes all you gotta do is go through someone's Instagram to learn about their old identity, amen? <laughs> Sometimes when you get saved, you just need to start deleting. It might take y'all a little bit of while, but you need to get rid of that old identity. It needs to be silenced. The first lie that many of us will need to overcome as Christians is our old identity. All of us have a voice that speaks to our identity, speaks to how we live, how we think, how we dress, what we watch, how we interact with other people. As Christians, the Bible sets out to teach us that the fundamental problem in the world today is a case of mistaken identity. Most people in modern Western churches, and that's just not America, it's a lot of the modern Western churches, we've adopted the idea that this world exists for us. And we exist to get something out of it. But the Bible teaches us something completely different. We're created to pour into this world. Our job was to steward God's love and justice in this world, reflecting his image, his culture, his values into the world for all of creation to see the goodness of God. The major problem in this world is not simply all of the bad decisions that people make. The fundamental problem in this world is that instead of being people being connected to God's spirit and reflecting his presence and culture into the world, we are disconnected from God. And we've digressed into broken people who are reflecting our own brokenness into the world, hurting and destroying lives along the way. The problem in this world isn't a behavior problem, it's an identity problem. We aren't here for ourselves. We're here for God and his purpose. His purpose is good. It brings life and joy and peace and abundance. And our purpose is selfish and broken. It brings death and hurt to other people and ourselves. In Genesis 1, we learned that our original purpose and identity as humans was to be created in his own image, And to be fruitful and increase in number, filling the earth and subduing it with his image, with his rule. God saw all that he had made and he said it was good. It was good. Now, we all know the story of the fall, but I'm going to set out to break it down for you in a new way for you to understand. You ready for it? Okay. We messed it up. I know. I know it's very profound. (laughs) But that's the basic truth, okay? We messed up. The fall of man was not just a behavior problem, although that's part of it. It was a failure of occupation problem. We failed at our jobs. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. In order for this world to operate the way it was designed, humans need to be doing their jobs, that's why Paul wrote in Romans that all of creation is calling for God's children to be revealed. In Romans 8, the, uh, Paul writes, The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all of creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. You know what that tells us right now? That tells us that our salvation is not just for us. It's for the world. You didn't just get saved for yourself. That's that's the mentality we gotta break. You didn't just get saved so you could sit around and wait for Jesus to snatch you up one day and go to heaven. You were saved so that the world would be saved. You were saved so that the world could one day function the way God had always intended it to function. We brought pain and suffering in this world because we failed at our jobs. We were supposed to rule this world with love, justice, and display God's culture and values along the way. We were supposed to reflect his image into this world. And now all we see is human brokenness, a reflection of the broken human heart. We know as Christians, God gives us a new heart, a new spirit, and a new identity. However, if you are ever to hear the voice of your destiny, you must silence the voice of your previous identity. We no longer live for our own selfish gain or what we can get from this world. We live to steward and pour into this world. That's who we are. That's what we were designed to do. That's why Jesus wrote in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, to go in his authority and make disciples of all nations. The fundamental call of every Christian is to create communities of born-again children of God who think, live, and speak in a way that reflects God's culture and values into this world. In other words, our mission as a church, as sons and daughters of God, is to create communities of people who have embraced their new identity. They understand they come from God. They are here for God. The mission is the same as it was all the way in Genesis. Jesus just relaunched it. He restarted it. We're here to reflect God, not ourselves. This is a struggle for many Christians because this world has taught us to think about ourselves. Isn't that right? To live for ourselves. To seek to gain our glory, not God's. That is why Christians have to take the path of the cross, like Jesus model. That's why he said that crazy thing. He said, those of you who are not willing to pick up the cross and follow me are not worthy of the kingdom. We're like, okay, Jesus, what's that mean? I gotta die on a cross? No, he means that you ha- your old identity has to die. Your old selfishness has to die. The cross is where our brokenness dies. The cross is where our selfishness dies. The cross is where our case of mistaken identity dies. We are new creations, and the cross kills the voice of that old identity if we allow it to. I know it's not a feel-good message. Don't throw ice cream at me, okay? I promise you I'm gonna end this nice, so I'll land it good. Don't worry about it. But the Bible says we're new creations. Everything is everything old is gone. We are brand new. So in order to walk into our destiny, we must allow the cross to kill the voice of our old broken identity. We must fully embrace the identity of who we now are, children of God. That's the fundamental step in discipleship. That's the foundational belief of every Christian from which they build their lives off of. And if you don't build your life off of that, your house is going to fall. The second voice in your life that needs to be silent is the voice of your past. Some of you guys I see on your smartphone deleting your Instagram feed right now, right? (laughs) I'm just joking. I had to do that, by the way, amen. (laughs) The second voice that needs to be silenced is the voice of your past. What we need to understand is that just because our identity has changed does not mean the memory of our old identity has left us. We still remember things. Some of us have experienced abuse in our life, Some of us have experienced trauma, betrayal, loved ones who were supposed to be there for us and they left us. Things that were not meant to happen to you, things that you weren't created to endure, pain and and trauma that your heart has held onto that it never was designed to hold onto. We all have memories, bad decisions that you wish you never did. Places that you wish you never went. People that you wish you never were connected to. We all have memories of who we once were. The memories of your past is still alive. And they will seek to control you and destroy your future. That's why the memories of what you did will taunt you in your moment of desperation. When God breaks you or when the life that you live breaks you down when circumstances and trials break you down, the memories will try to come in and taunt you. The memories of what you used to do will seek to lure you in in your greatest moment of temptation. The memories of who you used to be will seek to guide you in how you interact and treat people in a moment of conflict. The memories of your past before Christ will seek to resist your new identity. Because they know when you fully embrace your new identity in Christ, then your old memories will no longer have any influence or control in your life. We have to allow our past to be brought to the cross. This is a crucial fact that every Christian, it's the truth, every Christian who desires to walk in their destiny You need to understand this. In order for the voice of destiny to be heard in your life, you must bring your entire self to the cross. You can't bring that one sin that everybody found out about, say sorry, and think you're going to change. You have to bring everything to the cross. You have to bring the things that nobody knows about. To the cross. You have to bring that relationship that you know you should let go, but you just don't want to let go. You have to bring it to the cross. You have to bring everything. You can't leave a little bit. Jesus is really a king. Some of you messed up and said, Jesus be Lord of my life, and you didn't understand that He really was going to be Lord of your life. He has to be king. In order for you to embrace the purpose. Driven life, like Rick Warren said, I did not mean to do that, but it's, it just happened. In order for you to embrace God's blessing, in order for you to experience the fullness that the cross purchased for you, you have to bring everything to the cross. In order for you to experience what the cross purchased for you. This includes your identity and it includes your past. You have to bring all of it because all of it must die. Why does it have to die? So that the voice of your destiny can live. If you allow your broken identity and dysfunction from your past to live, then it will smother the voice of your destiny and not allow you to grow and walk into your purpose. You have to bring everything to the cross. Listen, guys, you cannot do this by yourself. I'm not preaching a message. I'm not preaching a one, two, three, this is how you become an awesome Christian, but I'm telling you, you have to bring everything to the cross and you cannot do it by yourself. The Holy Spirit walks you through this process. In Psalm 143, the Bible says, teach me to do your will for you are God. I'm not God, you are God. So you have to teach me, the psalmist is saying. May your gracious Holy Spirit lead me forward on firm footing, God. David is saying, I need you to teach me, you're God. He's recognizing something right now. He's recognizing that he's not God, he's not on the throne, and that his new identity, his new blessing, his future is rooted in God and not himself. The Holy Spirit is in you, working through you, and leading you into all truth. Some of you are in here right now, and this message is hitting you in the heart, and, or you've been coming for a while. And every time Pastor Tony preaches a message, you walk out and say, man, was he speaking to me? Is there a camera in my house? Is my mom sending notes to the, to the church or something like that, trying to help Pastor Sermon out? Why, what's going on here? The Holy Spirit is working in you. He's taking God's word, okay, and He's using it to work on your heart, to work on your mind, to chip away at the brokenness of your past. Peter experienced this in his own life. Sometimes in life, the voices and lies from the past, are in the past are brought to the surface, not so that they can be believed again, but so that they can be unbelieved. Sometimes God brings things to the surface in your life and you wonder, okay, here we go again. Now I'm experiencing this again. Now here's the same old trouble that I've always experienced in my life. Sometimes God brings, the, brings these things to the surface so that he can heal them. Not for you to focus on them not for you to believe the lie again, not for you to allow it to rise up and control you again. He's rising it up to the surface so he can heal and restore you. Peter experienced this in his own life. I love Peter. Peter never was short of words. If you wanted to read what not to say to God, just study the apostle Peter because he always had something to say and it usually was never right. He got it right sometimes. Sometimes. he's the type of guy to say something amazingly profound at one minute and then next minute be called Satan. And we're just like, what just happened there, right? That's Peter. But Peter had this happen to this point. Jesus was sitting with his disciples. He was about to go to the cross. They were celebrating the Passover meal. And Jesus had his disciples surrounded him. And he hit them with the news that he had to lay down his life. And this was hard news for the disciples to take. They didn't want to hear it. And to add to that, he said, not only am I going to lay my life down, but you guys are going to abandon me. And Peter was like, listen, they might abandon you, God, but I won't. Right? And Jesus looked at him and said, as sure as everything I know, Peter, when the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And Peter, mad, upset, frustrated, embarrassed that Jesus was calling him out, swore, Lord, I would never betray you. I would never deny you. I would never do this thing to you. And sure enough, Jesus went to the cross and all of the disciples abandoned him. And Peter, afraid to get too close, stayed on the outer courts just to kind of see what was going on. And three times denied the man who had spent the last three years of his life pouring into him. And the Bible says that the rooster crowed on the third time. And the Bible says that Peter ran and wept bitterly. This wasn't just a, a couple tears going down his eyes. This was deep shame that Peter was experiencing. Imagine Denying Jesus, seeing Jesus, walking with Jesus, learning from Jesus, swearing up and down, I would never deny you, Lord. And you do it anyways. Has anybody ever experienced shame in your life? Has anybody ever done something that they just didn't want to do? You're embarrassed. Your shame, it's the type of pain that can hurt your identity. It's the type of pain that can cause you to doubt who you are. This was deep pain, and it affected the way Peter looked at himself. Some days later, the disciples were fishing, and Jesus appeared to them in his resurrected body. They gathered together and eat. And after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now, I'm sure Peter at this point is kind of anxious and embarrassed, but excited because Jesus is alive and he's trying to figure this all out, but he doesn't really know what to say because he knows he's God and he knows because he's God because Jesus knows he must have denied him because he's God. <laughs> so it must have been a weird thing for Peter at this point. But here's Jesus saying, Hey, Peter, do you love me? It's your opportunity here. Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. A little bit later, Jesus asks him again the second time. And Jesus, or Peter recognizing the pattern, says, Lord, you know I I love you. I've already told you this. I love you, God. He said, then feed my sheep. A little bit later, Jesus asked him a third time, And it was on this third time that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? That the memories of his past came flooding to his heart. It was that third time he denied Jesus that the rooster crowed. It was that third time he denied Jesus that he ran out and wept bitterly. It was that third time of denying Jesus that deep shame and emotional trauma was brought into Peter's life. Imagine the pain he must have felt. Imagine the shame he must have felt. But here's Jesus giving him an opportunity. Has anybody ever felt like that? Like you just don't deserve this opportunity? Like you just cannot convince yourself that you can be new again? That you don't deserve to be new again? Am I speaking to you? And Peter says, yes, God, you know I love you. And Jesus goes on to restore Peter. He tells him, then feed my sheep. He'd go on to talk about Peter's future in ministry, restored him into his position. And what I need you to understand is this, God was raising up the pain from his past not to rub it in his face, not to point it at him and say, Peter, you're such a failure, not to remind him of the lie that the enemy had brought into his mind so many times before that, but to restore him back to his original purpose. It wasn't... Sometimes God will bring up the pain, dysfunction, emotional trauma and lies from your past, not to rub it in your face, not to show you how bad you are, not to remind you of how many times you blew it, but to heal you, to restore you, and ultimately to place you into your purpose that he created you for. You see, the beauty of the gospel isn't just that you get forgiven of your sins, the beauty of the gospel is he fully restores you as you were created. There is function, there is purpose, there is destiny that you were created with. Your transformation has to happen. Yet, so many of us have not understood how God works. And we've rejected the circumstances in our life. And therefore, we have resisted our own healing and restoration. In other words, So often we pray for healing and restoration. We pray for deliverance and freedom from our issues, but then reject the way God goes about answering our prayers. Because it's uncomfortable. Because it doesn't feel good. It exposes our own weakness and flaws. God will bring the lie of your past back up, not for you to believe it, once again, but so that you can unbelieve it, so that voice can be silenced. In order for you to hear the voice of your destiny, it needs to be silenced. Jesus had, a fu- Jesus had a future for Peter. He had a plan. He had a purpose. If Peter continued to believe the lie of his past, that he was a betrayer, that he was a liar, that he wasn't worthy to be an apostle for Jesus, if the voice of Peter's past was allowed to live in his mind, he never would have preached the sermon in Acts 2, where 3,000 people got saved on that day he would have never walked by a blind beggar and said, get up and, ri- get up and rise and walk. You're no longer sick. You're no longer, you're no longer crippled. You are free. You are forgiven. Get up and walk. If Peter continued to lie or continued to believe the lie of his past, he would not have believed in the power of God to flow through him and, and launch a new generation of Christian communities. If Peter would have never been released from that lie, would we be here? would the gospel have reached America? Jesus knew Peter's future. Jesus knew Peter's purpose. And God understood that the trauma and lies from Peter's past needed to be silenced in order for Peter to walk into his future with kingdom, purpose, and destiny. What does your past think of you? What does the voice of the enemy or fear have to say about your future? What does the enemy say to you in your weakest moment? What do the lies of your past say to you when life hits you the hardest? Is it still talking? Is your past memories of who you once were still alive in your mind? Are they still seeking to control you and hinder you from walking into your future? Do they lie about your identity? Do they lie about your purpose? Do they smother the voice of your destiny? Do they keep you from experiencing God's presence? Do they keep you from believing for greater? Do they keep you from believing for praying and believing for healing and salvation for your family? Do they keep you bound to that thing that you just can't let go? Do they lie and tell you that you will never change? You will always stay the same? What voice are you listening to? The voice of heaven always brings purpose. The voice of heaven always brings healing. The voice of heaven always brings victory. The voice of heaven always declares that greater things are ahead for the children of God. Jesus' voice brought Lazarus' dead body to life. Like the Bible says, when Jesus was staring into the grave of Lazarus' dead body, with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. <laughs> I love this verse. Watch what happens. It's so good. In front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. <laughs> have you, have, has anybody hobbled out of their past? <laughs> You're looking at a person who rolled out of my past. I wasn't hobbling, I was rolling. God had to grab my ankles and just start dragging me. He's like, okay, you gotta get out of here. Come on, be real with yourself. Has anybody hobbled out of your past? But that's not the best part. Lazarus still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and feet and covering his face. Jesus said to them, Unwrap him and let him loose. Have you been let loose from your past? (laughs) I'm sorry, God's presence makes me laugh sometimes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Have you been released from the grave? Death was no longer relevant to Lazarus, it was in his past. Jesus released him from his past and told his family to take off the grave clothes that were binding him up. I got a good word for somebody tonight. Some of us still have our grave clothes on and you don't need to. Some of us still smell like death and look like we're in the grave, but we shouldn't have to. One word from Jesus will set you free. One word from heaven will release you from the grave clothes of your past. And give you a new identity a new purpose, a new destiny, When Jesus looked at Lazarus, he didn't run around and ask every pastor in the the city to pray for him. He didn't jump around and beg God to heal him. He He didn't beg God to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said one statement with the authority of heaven and Lazarus rose from the grave. Why? Because Jesus spoke with the voice of heaven. He spoke with the voice of destiny. When the voice of destiny speaks, dead things come to life. When the voice of your destiny speaks, grave clothes comes off, chains are broken. When the voice of heaven speaks over your life, everything that has hindered you from walking into your purpose is broken off and you are empowered to move forward into your God-given destiny all throughout the Bible stay with me I'm closing up I really mean it when I say that too (laughs) all throughout the Bible the voice of the past needed to be silenced in order for God's people to move forward into their destiny. It isn't until you allow God's spirit to silence the voice of your past will you be able to understand and see God's future. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 12 too. Your mind has to be renewed in order for you to understand God's future for your life. Until your mind is renewed, you cannot see God's will. As long as you're looking at that old man, you're never going to see God's future for your life. As long as you're looking at the stain, the problems, the circumstances, the situations that your past mistakes have caused you, you're never going to be able to see the destiny that God has called you to. Your mind has to be renewed. That means replacing your wrong thoughts with God's word. All throughout the history of Israel, one word from heaven is all they needed. We have heard the voice of heaven already, and it declares our destiny is here. It's right now. We have the word of God. We have the word written in our hearts. We had the voice of heaven living within us. We had the declaration of God's kingdom spoken over us when Jesus released his spirit and said, it is finished. <laughs> it's finished. So, why do we keep trying to restart it? Why do we keep trying to press the reset button and start our broken lives all over again? To walk in the same brokenness that we used to walk into and continue to make the same decisions that God freed us from. God's not mad at you. His heart's probably broken because he has a great future ahead. For your life. When, when Jesus says it is finished, He didn't mean, oh, you're forgiven, you're good to go, and you get to go to heaven. He means everything that has ever held you down in your life every pain, every hurt, every trauma, every bad thought, every dysfunction, every disease, every, every, every demonic attack on your body, all of it was broken at the cross. It is finished. That's what He meant. You get a new life, you get a new identity, you get a new purpose and you get a new destiny, that's the voice that you need to listen to. If everybody can stand to their feet and the worship team could come. I believe like I really, I believe with all my heart that somebody in here needed this message. That somebody in here has been begging God to free them, to take this thing from them. And I just want to remind you that 2,000 years ago, he did it. Some of us have been asking God for an open door in our life, and I'm just here to remind you that 2,000 years ago, he did it. And some of us are living in our lives, and we don't like the person we are. We don't like what we see in the mirror because we're still holding on to the pain and the hurt and the trauma and the dysfunction of what we used to be. And I just want to remind you tonight that God's voice, that God's declaration says that you are new. Everything from the past is gone. You don't have to listen to the lie of your past. You don't have to listen to the lie of who you once were. You don't have to listen to the lie of that old identity, but you have a new voice that speaks to you. And if you can get it into your mind and you can begin to silence those voices that seek to resist you walking in your purpose, you'll realize that God's presence becomes a little bit stronger. The voice of the Holy Spirit gets a little bit louder. And the more you resist that old voice, the more you resist those old memories, the stronger and stronger and stronger God's voice gets in your life. So I wanna do two things tonight. First, we cannot go forward you cannot have the voice of God until you surrender your life to Jesus. Jesus said in the Bible that there's only one way to the Father, that's through him. There's only one way to the cross, and that's through repentance. And if that's you tonight, and you want that voice, you want to silence the voice of your past, you want to silence the voice of your old identity, you want a brand new fresh start right now, you don't have to earn it. There's no tricks to this thing. I'm not going to have you sign any papers. It's between you and God. His presence is here right now. He can hear your heart. I just want to lead you in a prayer, but you're not praying to me. You're not praying to your neighbors. You're praying to a holy, loving Father who loves you, who's here, who's drawn you here. You're not here by accident. He got you here for this reason, to reveal himself to you because he's got a plan, he's got a purpose, he's got a destiny for your life. And I wanna encourage you not to walk outside this door without meeting the Father in heaven, the God who gave his all so that you can have a fresh start. So if that's you, just where you are, In church, just pray along with me. Let's support our brothers and sisters. Just pray, but remember, you're praying to God. Say, Father in heaven, I heard that you sent your son Jesus to the cross. Father, I feel your presence right now. And I believe this is true. So Jesus, take over my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for what I've done and everything that's offended you, God. Take my life and make it brand new. By the blood of Jesus and by the resurrection on the third day, I believe, God, that you've given me new life. So I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give them. Now listen, if you just prayed that prayer, okay, it doesn't stop there. You're just getting started. And like I said in the beginning, when you, when you said, Jesus, take over my life, he takes it seriously, okay? So get ready for change. Get ready for God to shake some things up. But understand what we were just talking about tonight. He's not bringing your past up in your face to hurt you. He desires to heal you, to restore you, to take things from you. So if you go through troubles in the next few weeks, next few months, years, it's part of God's plan. Don't resist it. Embrace it. God is working all things together for your good, and he's making all things new for your good. Don't resist it. Stay plugged in. Get into a connect group. Get into growth track. Get into our discipleship class. Get plugged in. Start learning God's word. It's important. And for those of us who are, we're we're the kingdom of God. We're the children of God. But maybe you still have the voice of your past rising up. Maybe that voice from your past of who you once were and what you used to experience has been taunting you lately, has been trying to bring the lies of the past back up and keep you from walking into your purpose, if that's you, and that's all of us, if we could be honest, we all struggle with that. We all struggle resisting that voice. If that's you, if the prayer team can come up, I wanna give you an opportunity to be prayed for. Or maybe you just wanna stand at the altar. Maybe you wanna stand in your seat, that's fine. But tonight I want to give you the opportunity in the presence of God with your brothers and sisters around you to pray and believe. That you're gonna release the lie of your past, you're gonna release the lie of the hurt that you've experienced in life, you're gonna release the lie of who you once were, you're gonna give it to God, you're gonna embrace your new identity and you're gonna believe that God has called you to something greater and you're not gonna allow the enemy to steal anything from you anymore? You're not gonna allow him to take your family, you're not gonna allow him to take your kids. You're not gonna allow him to take your spouse but you're gonna believe that God has did something new and what he started, like Philippians says, he is faithful to complete. He is with you. His presence is right here, right now. So at this, at this moment, if, as we go into worship, I wanna invite you to come up right now, be prayed for, and I believe that God is going to release somebody in here. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.